This podcast is brought to you by the Specialty Produce Network. Welcome to Plated Earth, where we share at least a fraction of the crazy, wonderful, and insightful stories of produce. I'm your host, JJ. Plated Earth is also the official podcast of the Specialty Produce app. Please show your support for us and Specialty Produce by downloading the app and exploring one of the globe's most comprehensive fresh food databases. Now grab a snack and get ready for Food Fables, where we share original short fiction stories about produce and its connection to people, culture, and more. Dimitri was finishing up in the kitchen of the pie shop at the original farmer's market in Los Angeles. As the farmers were busy building their displays of stone fruits, watermelons, berries, eggplants, chili peppers, and greens, Dimitri hung up his apron, adjusted his suspender straps, and made his way out to the market. He tipped his hat to the farmers who greeted him with, Good morning, Papa Earth, as he strolled past their stalls. Suddenly, Dimitri stopped, tilting his nose up to the light breeze that danced through the market. He closed his eyes, inhaled the sweet floral aroma, and was transported to his childhood when he lived in Japan where his father grew up. He was cuddled up to his father's chest under his arm as they sat together under a beautiful tree, the sweet-smelling flowers filling the space like a bubble, their own personal paradise. His father would read ancient Japanese poetry and folktales out loud, and if Dimitri were lucky, a fruit would fall from the tree at their feet. His father would brush it off on his shirt before biting off pieces to feed to his son. Those moments in that space felt never-ending. Plums, Dimitri whispered to himself as he opened his eyes. A few stalls ahead, he saw the display, all colors of the rainbow, framed by two plum branches that still boasted their stunning aromatic pink flowers. Did you know that the plum is likely the first fruit to be cultivated by humans for consumption? Dimitri asked the farmer as he admired the fruits. I believe it, the farmer said. I bet there's quite the history inside these little gems, huh? Dimitri nodded with a smile. May I? He motioned at the branch. By all means, I know where to find more, the farmer winked. Dimitri brought the branch and an armful of plums to the community tables, and as he lined them up down the center, people started to take their seats. I fell in love with these trees as a child in Japan. Dimitri began as he picked up the branch and twirled it slowly in his hand. Since ancient times, plum trees, their fruit, and their delicate, fragrant flowers have had some amazing stories to tell, branching out from many cultures around the world. For more than 3,000 years, plum trees have been planted in China, including the northern part of the country where winter is colder. As the first flower to bloom each year, the plum blossom is a symbol of winter ending and a herald of spring. The tree's pale pink blossoms symbolize perseverance, renewal, and hope in Chinese culture as they bloom vibrant and bold against the winter chill. As a friend of winter, bracing the harshness of the cold, they remind people that spring will come, bringing with them the promise of fruitfulness. They represent the vitality of life and endurance through hardship. And since the flowers emerge before the leaves and it takes a long time to fully bloom, The plum tree is also associated with longevity. All of this is perhaps why, in Chinese mythology, immortals often fed on plums to enhance their strength and vitality. Dimitri winked as he took a bite from one of the juicy, red-purple, sweet and tangy fruits 
motioning for others in the crowd to take a fruit from the middle of the table. Ancient Chinese tales say that the fragrance of plum blossoms lights the world from the bitterness and coldness of winter, teaching us that happiness and beauty can bloom in even the darkest times. Dimitri smiled at the plum in his hand, gripping it just a little tighter. From China, the plum spread to Korea, Japan, and later to other countries as an ornamental plant. In Japan, it was intended for royal gardens and public spaces. In Japanese tradition, the plum, called ume, is celebrated as a protective charm thought to ward off evil, which is why you will often find them planted around shrines and temples. They are even thought to be the original flower that started off the tradition of hanami, meaning flower viewing, a long-standing tradition of welcoming spring in Japan, now most often in reference to the cherry blossom. Cherry and plum blossoms do have a similar look, and it takes a trained eye to see the nuanced differences. However, my father taught me to lead with my nose. Dimitri tapped the tip of his nose, then held the branch up closer to his face, eyes closed, inhaling deeply. He passed the branch to his left to share it with the crowd. Cherry blossoms do not have the same strong, sweet, flowery scent that the plum has. Today, plum trees thrive all over, from inner-city parks to remote mountaintops, and their very presence exudes an otherworldly atmosphere. As if their inner beauty was coming from so far down inside their deep roots, it reached the center of the earth, connecting all the plum trees on this planet through their ancient history. Indeed, the plum has been an important object of poetry and artwork across cultures and time periods. From Tang Dynasty paintings, to the writings of English romantic poet John Keats, to the nursery rhyme about little Jack Horner, who sat in a corner, eating his Christmas pie. He put in his thumb and pulled out a plum and said, oh, what a good boy am I. A few of the kids in the crowd chimed in on the last line. One kid even sticking his thumb into the fruit before him on the table, making Dimitri smile and chuckle like a kid himself. <laughs> very good, very good. You know more about the plum's importance than you may have thought. He winked at the mother who smiled and shook her head as she wiped the boy's fingers and held the plum out for the boy to take a bite. My father used to feed me plums right from the tree when I was a boy. He'd read me poetry and mythology, many writings featuring none other than this very fruit. Dimitri took another bite. He told me many legends about the founder of Taoism, dating back to the 6th century BCE. One myth maintains that he was born out of a falling star. Another claims that he spent 81 years in his mother's womb before appearing with a full head of white hair. But my favorite legend holds that he was born under a plum tree, so simple yet so telling of this fruit's significance. Makes it feel so much heavier in my hands knowing how many stories it holds. Dimitri motioned as if the half-eaten fruit were suddenly weighing him down, his eyes popping and his eyebrows raising. The kids laughed as they watched their favorite live cartoon character, so full of animation. There's a Chinese idiom, quenching the thirst by thinking of plums, which is used to describe the act of consoling someone with false hopes. My father would say it to me often. As someone who was always comforted by imagination, and food, of course, he knew if I were upset, he'd find me outside underneath whatever fruit tree we had planted in our yard at the time, dreaming of fictional futures. Quenching your thirst by thinking of plums? He'd say to me with a wink, handing me a fresh plum to snack on, as he rubbed my shoulder and whispered, It will all be okay. 
The story from which this idiom came dates back to ancient China during the Three Kingdoms period, around 220 to 280 BCE. Would you like to hear it? The crowd nodded with a harmonized yes. Dimitri took one last bite from the plum, its red juice dripping down his chin. As usual, with a wipe of his napkin across his lips, like a curtain unveiling the opening act, Dimitri began his story. Dimitri spoke. Once upon a time, there lived a brilliant ruler and military leader, one of the central figures of the Three Kingdoms period, a man named Cao Cao. One summer, Cao Cao was leading his army in an expedition to retaliate against a minor warlord named Zhang Shu. It was a dreadfully hot summer day, and the sun was sizzling underneath the army's feet as they marched across the land. Cao Cao's soldiers braved the scorching heat with no wind and no shade, but as they marched on, they grew to be extremely thirsty, and their pace slowed as exhaustion took over. General, perhaps it would be best to stop and rest. The soldiers are tired. They're moving slower by the minute under the sun, one officer suggested, pulling his horse up alongside his leader. No, Cao Cao said without a second thought. The officer slumped, visibly disappointed with the answer. I understand, Cao Cao said, looking over at the officer. But you must as well. It would be too dangerous to stop. We would be vulnerable here without cover. The officer sighed in agreement as Cao Cao called the guide up to his other side. Is there a source of water nearby? Cao Cao said quietly. The guide shook his head. The spring water is on the other side of that mountain. He pointed ahead in the distance. Sir, at this speed it will take a long time to get there. The troops, they've nearly stopped. They are too thirsty and tired to continue. Cao Cao furrowed his eyebrows and brought his thumb and forefinger to his chin as he thought about their problem, the troops barely keeping pace behind him. Suddenly, Cao Cao was struck with an idea. He spurred his horse up a small hill, turned to face his army, and pointed ahead, saying loudly, My warriors, I can see a large forest of plums ahead. Beautiful, plump green plums, so juicy and sour, eating one will be enough to get rid of all of your thirst and tiredness. Pick up your pace. We will enjoy those plums as long as we cross the hill in front of us. His words filled the soldiers with a second wind. As they thought about the sour and juicy green plums, their mouths filled with saliva, and their complaints of thirst slowly faded. Once again, they marched as vigorously as they had started. In no time, Cao Cao led his army over the mountain to a safe place where they found spring water and were able to stop and rest, no doubt still dreaming of those juicy plums. The End Well, folks, that concludes this week's episode. Be sure to follow at Specially Produce App on Instagram for some amazing produce photos. And while you're on there, give us a follow at Plated Earth. Tune in next time for the latest food buzz. And remember, cauliflower is nothing but a cabbage with a college education. We'll catch you next time. Bye.